Hush Hush contains explicit sexual content. It is not for people under the age of 18. Exciting. Hardcore. It's always erotic. Submissive. Famous. Orgasm. Swingers Club. You're listening to Natasha with the Sex Files podcast. You're listening to Hush Hush where I have intimate conversations about sex. Today, I'm interviewing Mark Deviat, who is Deviat by name and nature and owns Studio Kink in Sydney. Now, Mark has featured on um, the podcast in the past talking about fuck machines as well as, um, what did we talk about the first time? I mean, I can't... Shibari. Shibari, that's right. The art of rope tying and bondage. Mm -hmm. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about... BDSM, the introduction to BDSM, and a little bit about pleasure and pain, which is sort of interesting because BDSM is not for everyone or it is for everyone. Give me a little overview of what it actually is. Well, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, you know, if people are happy in their vanilla sex and in, uh, you know, um, missionary position or whatever they do, that's fine. Um, but BDSM is a much wider topic and it's... Um, well, if we go straight down to BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism, and there's a little one in the middle, which is the DS, and that's domination and submission. So there's whole lots of um, things that make up BDSM, but, uh, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, being bent over someone's knee and spanked, and why that would turn someone on, or how does it work? How does it work? Why would it turn you on? Um, so when I teach a class on spanking uh, at Studio Kink, um, I'll explain that um, it goes back to almost a carnal place. If I spank you uh, between the bottom of your ass and the top of your leg, not too hard, and I start a rhythm, it feels almost like being fucked from behind without the penetration. The thump, thump, thump. Um, so if you then spank in that with a dice rhythm and you warm up a little bit and you maybe increase a little bit, that there becomes a uh, correlation between that and people will start to pant and enjoy it. And if you do it really well, not in the first time, but you'll make them orgasm from spanking them in that area. When you talk about, you know, BDSM and, and, and that sub and dom type of environment, mm -hmm. in, 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 that, in that world, do you always have subs and doms? And a, a sub would be a submissive and a dom would be a dominant, wouldn't it? Am um, I right? <laughs> you are right. But, oh, um, yes. Will you have it all the time? No. So if you were coming to play with me and I might be a dominant and you might be submitting to me, but there's also a term called top and bottom. And that just means that today... I'm going to top and you're going to bottom. And that might mean that tomorrow you're going to top and I'm going to bottom. Not that I ever switch, but but so topping and bottoming is also quite fine in BDSM. So you don't have to say I'm sub. Right? You can, And that's quite cool, I think, for maybe a new age woman who doesn't want to submit to a man. Right? And, and it doesn't have to be man and woman. I mean, it can be woman and woman, man and man. I mean, it's not... You know, it doesn't really matter. For me, it's I generally play women, but I'll I'll play men, but not really. I'm not I'm not sexually attracted to men, but that doesn't matter. 
you know, I have lots of gay friends who will flirt with me and I'll flirt with them too. But uh, You're very flirtable. Oh, well. I can imagine that I you just, would be, you I, know. I just enjoy myself. Oh, I imagine you'd be having a great old time. Mm-hmm. So you actually live in an in a relationship that is, um, what's the word that you use? Poly- uh, we're a polyamorous triad. Polyamorous triad, mm-hmm. which sounds very exciting. So you have two long-term partners mm-hmm. and you were actually married and divorced twice before you actually landed up in these very long-term relationships mm-hmm. the one of your partners is your slave mm-hmm. what does that mean and how does that happen um so eleni who is a very well-known mistress herself um back in probably 2000s um she'd been training and learning to top and bottom etc and she was actually looking for a mistress because she'd heard that women were more fierce as tops, as, as mistresses. And then she met me. And effectively her terms are that uh, I was the most dominant man that she'd ever met and um, she wanted to submit to me. And uh, But the thing is, she's such a good top, such a good mistress. And uh, once I explained to her that you don't have to be submissive everyone because you're my submissive, you're just my submissive and uh, we talked about a, a concept called levels of dominance and it's no different to a managing director and a 2IC you know they're both leaders of the business but one will be submissive or or um, submit to the choice of the person higher up the ladder that's all so you said that BDSM is, is a huge I mean it's, it's a huge topic of conversation mm-hmm. but within that there is um, an element of pain and pleasure mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about pain and pleasure and give me, if you can, some examples of where you would experience that pain and pleasure and, you know, what those people would be doing in those situations. Um, so you could come to the studio and uh, I would teach you about spanking or we could do a class on flogging, which is using a, a whip, uh, different sorts of whips or caning or... Um, play with single tails which uh, actually look like a stock whip on a horse but better make it much louder crack and um, and when you start playing like that um, you know people's pain tolerances grow as they learn more about it uh, to the point where they want to be black and blue actually on their ass and you'd think why would you want a bruise on your ass that's crazy but the cool thing about that is if I've had a really nice play with someone and I've made them orgasm or, or just tingle or whatever turned them on. It doesn't have to be orgasm. Some people won't orgasm. That's not where they want to go. But what happens is tomorrow when they go to work or they go on the bus or they get in their car and they sit down in their ass, the minute they sit down, they feel the bruise and go, oh, wow, and they have a big smile on their face because it's like, wow, that's a memory of what we did yesterday. So, um, it's, you know, it's odd. It really is odd. And when... When I first started playing this way with the SM side, I'm like, hmm, I like making people come, but I'm not really sure I want to whack them. But when I started to work out that I could spank a girl on her ass and her nipples would get harder, and I'm like, okay, well, and she'd start to pant, and, and, and she'd give me the eyes that she wanted me to take her. I'm like, oh, I like this. And, and it's not too far a step from spanking her to pulling her hair to biting her neck, right? And And it's... It's carnal. It's 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 there's there's a there's a um, it's carnal. You know what's kind of interesting is that I have so many friends, um, different age groups, who talk about men taking them. Mm-hmm. You know, men pushing them up against the wall right. outside the restaurant mm-hmm. and putting their hands above their heads, mm-hmm. and people who 
who are, you know, like you said, their hair's pulled and they, mm-hmm. you know, their necks. And and interesting enough, that really does flirt on that side of the beginning of that BDSM journey. Absolutely. And yet the average woman in the street mm-hmm. pretty much dreams about that moment when a man kind of takes her and she gets to submit. Mm-hmm. When, if you go a little bit further into that pleasure and pain journey, where else can you go? I mean, there's so many different toys and things, but... So, you know, you'd start with spanking. Where would you go next? So many things. Um, I mean, I will do things like electrical play. I'll put pads on your inner thighs. Something like you'd see um, at a chemist. Except um, I have insertable versions of that which will make your vagina contract and fuck itself. Or, or, you know, that doesn't matter. There's so many things. Um, Um... you know, cliche, but wax play, you know, like hold someone down and pour wax on the nipples, right? But not pour it where it's a flood and they want to run away. It's, it's, it's tease them. It's one drop and another drop and wait for them. And, and you know, people don't think about waiting and just taking time because when you deny, when you give them a, one or two wax drops and then make them wait, you know what? They'll push themselves up to have more wax, and you know. Um, so, a lot of it, all this play is not the play is just an extension of my character when I play that way, you know. So, and I like to taunt and tease, and and want them to show me their desire. You know, I want them to to go wild, to to open up. You know, so the BDSM play allows that to happen. So, you know. Um, you said it was actually really different from something like a swingers club when you when you swing. So BDSM, you know, I think it, people assume that when you go to a swingers club, when you you know that's what you're going to kind it's of a free encounter. For all. Everyone's going to fuck you. Okay, right. <laughs> so that's what happens in a swingers club. Well, basically. not really, but that's what people's intent or thought process is, especially when they're fantasizing about it. Okay. Uh, is is that you know, I'm going to get there and I'm going to be fucked by all these people, or I'm going to. Well, it depends. It depends where you're at. I mean, you could be. Um, me and my, my and my husband are going to swap partners, and we're going to fuck that of a good-looking couple. Um, it, you know, it, unless you're initiated there, even that starts to become with, oh, you know, what happens to jealousy, or what, how are we going to handle this? And but yeah, let's <laughs> just. I mean, I mean, let's 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 talk about that because oh. I think this is a, this is what stops a lot of couples from going mm-hmm. through this process. Mm-hmm. And one partner might be really interested. Say the man's really interested, mm-hmm. and the woman's thinking. Well, then I'm going to watch you, you know, have sex with somebody else, and that's and and the BDSM is the same thing. You know, mm. you're you're not necessarily doing it together. You're, you know, maybe in a in a group or mm. there's that stops people from feeling secure going forward. So how do you how do you combat that? If you know you you, you want to go and do it, but you're worried about that like that emotional jealousy and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, jealousy is. A real thing, and a couple, unless you unless you're resolved to um, being open. I mean, you only have to communicate. If you're feeling jealous, the reality is, if you go out to a party, it doesn't matter if it's swingers or BSM club, and uh, you think you want to go somewhere, and then when you get there, you feel apprehensive. It's probably a good idea not to go forward. Just stop. There's no no one's pushing you, because if you feel like you're pushed. Then there's no way back. It it feels like you're being coerced. That's not a good place to be. That's not that's not where you need to be. You need to be in a situation where I really want this. Mm. And if you're not there, then don't do it. 
No, one, no one's forcing you, and 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 it doesn't matter if your partner is forcing you, because then that's not your desire, and you have to stand up for what's right for you. You mentioned when we had another conversation that in BDSM, um, in that environment, people are going to ask you if you want to be involved. They're going to ask you what you want. Whereas in a swingers environment, you'll probably land up being touched before. You know, it, it, you're, you're more likely to be touched than than you would in, in as the advance. As yeah. The advance, yeah. So. Why is it so different? Why would the BDSM environment be more aware? Because you need to negotiate BDSM because there are so many more avenues. Uh, if you're going to a swingers club, you know, your options are you're going to lick pussy, suck cock, be fucked in the ass, or fucked in the cunt. You know, you might wank people or, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's limited to sex, straight sex. Um, but in BDSM, you might negotiate to be flogged or spanked you might be negotiate to use a fucking machine you might negotiate um to be restrained you might negotiate to have a gangbang but that's not common in a bdsm club um uh, so and also because the scope is wider then the negotiation has to be clearer it's not just at a swingers club if i was to stroke you and your nipples were hard, for example, and you smiled at me, it's likely that I'm going to touch you more. But what does that stroke mean at a BDSM club? Does that mean I'm going to wax you, burn you, cut you, put needles in you, you know, put a dental gag in your mouth and use your throat? I mean, there's so many avenues in BDSM that it requires a conversation. Can we just go back? Yes. To the throat thing? Yeah. What is that? I've never heard of that before. Oh, well. I mean, uh, so there's gagging. So yeah. we can put a ball uh, the gag. ball gag. I was actually going to ask you about the ball gag because I'm kind of interested in what that. Would you like one? <laughs> I can bring one next time. Let me tell you, I can't do my job with one. Mm, you can murmur. I can murmur. <laughs> mm. I could probably murmur, but I wouldn't be a very good interviewer. Mm. But I'm curious about what that sort of, what does it do? I mean, I understand what the smacking might do, but what does a ball gag do? to turn you on or to restrict? What does it restrict? Okay, so one thing it restricts is breathing. Okay. It makes it harder to breathe. Two, generally a ball gag will uh, induce drooling. Okay. Which is um, like, uh, because, and if you get excited and start to breathe heavily, then you'll tend to bro- tend to drool more because you're trying to suck air through around the ball gag. Um, but the cool thing is like, no, no, with a ball gag, it's like, I'm going to use your holes, I'm going to use your pussy, or I'm going to use your ass, but you're not going to have anything in your mouth. It doesn't matter how much you want it. You know, it's, it's closed, right? And the opposite is to use a dental retainer gag, which is a, like a metal gag that opens your mouth, and now I'm going to close your pussy. You're getting nothing in you, but we're going to use your mouth. I'm going to use your mouth and continue. Or I'm going to urinate in your mouth. Doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter where it goes. It doesn't matter where it is, and all these sorts of things are negotiated. That's why you need to negotiate in BDSM because it know, would be so nice if that just happened, and you were suddenly like, "Oh, I don't know if I came for this," but I, obviously I, the people who do are pretty keen on that. I did that at a party once where I had a, a girl I was with, and I was standing on an upstairs balcony, and she's watching me have a drink, and she was in a very sexy red dress. And she laid back, and she saw me. She laid back, and she unzipped. Sorry, and she unzipped her dress, and I urinated her from the balcony above, and, but very lightly at first, and I dropped it on her chest. And as the heat ran down to her pussy, she started to orgasm, while I pissed on her from upstairs. 
So, but it's not something that I do every day, or, you know. And I haven't done it probably since that time. But, but it's opportunistic. Time, it was, it's, it was it's, perfect. It was the, the timing was right for the person. And when I when I suggested that I might do that to her, just by emotion, she unzipped and lay back. I'm like, well. Can I ask you a strange question? Mm. You're very much a dominant individual when it comes to what you do and you know you you have a slave you're dominant when it comes to your the fuck machines that you you have do you think that you're in touch with your feminine side absolutely because you would need to understand how women operate in order to be able to kind of trigger them i'm very in touch with my feminine side that's the whole point is that um and the other point is i'm very aware and very focused and so the minute I do anything, I'm watching what's happening. And that's why when you made a comment on one of the interviews earlier, um, you know, have you ever tried, how do you know? It's because I'm a really good, um, a very good focus. And, and, you know, and I'll watch, even I'll watch for a change in body language before they really know it's changed. I can change in a tone or a squeal or, uh, so, yeah. I think, you, I think I can do it. Have you ever lost control? Um, no. Not playing. No. Mm. Maybe of a car. I was a young man, but I regained and I'm still alive. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more about playing. So you're going to a party tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen at the party? Um, it's, a, it's a private video sim party in a warehouse. Uh, it'll be two or three hundred people. It's irregular. It's invite only. It's unadvertised, and you're not even talk. You don't even talk about it on the internet, so no one, no one mentions the party. Um, and it's a pretty cool space, and it'll run all night. And for the people who want to go longer, we'll probably go into tomorrow afternoon. Wow. Uh, I'll be at work in the morning, so I won't be there, but it's okay. What Do will happen there? <laughs> Everything. Just about everything. Everything, everything. Will they have, in that warehouse space, will they have all the toys and... No, no, they won't provide any toys. So generally a BDSM player tends to bring stuff with them. They okay. feel like they will play. And that's why you also negotiate. You sort of say, I'm going to meet you at that party tonight and I think I'm going to get my anal hook and use it on you. Your what? My anal hook. What is that? It's a stainless steel hook that gets put in your bottom. It's not sharp. It's only it's only about the size of a pen. It's not very big. It works very well, but and um, and then I'll tie it to your hair or something, and um, it's a cool thing. But see, even that uh, plant a seed, tell them I'll use that on them. They will think about it. They will come to the party, and they would most likely have masturbated about that idea before they got there so my work is already half done you know the minute i come near them they're like trembling it's fantastic how do you connect with this group if you want to be invited to parties you want to go to these types of things you want to be a part how do you how do you get how do you get an invite you well the party no that party is very difficult to get invite to um more likely you have to know someone who's already invited who might bring you as their guest okay Right, so that's the way you you won't you won't get an invite to this party, and the invite list has been closed for probably about five years. So, really, yeah, so it's so, really tight. It's yeah, a really, yeah, tight really tight group. Really tight group. But um, generally, um, you become part of the BDSM scene in the locality where you live, 
or meet some people, look online or go on Facebook. Um, for us, you go to Studio Kink and you come and learn some stuff from us and then you might get an invite to one of our parties when we have one. Um, um, or you go to the Sydney Hellfire Club and everyone who's new in BD Simpson tends to go through the Sydney Hellfire Club. And, uh, and that's where they start. And that's been now going for 25 years in March, just past. Yes, so. I saw the, they had mm. a they had a party and a celebration mm, and yeah. all the rest of it, which is... I've, I've done their 20th and their 21st and their 22nd, as in their, the, the, main, the main performance for their, part, their parties. Well, I, I've run out of things to ask, which is almost unbelievable impossible. because I know it is almost impossible. You're the because constant interviewer. I, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm brilliant. But I've landed up asking. Without a ball gag. I've, <laughs> I've landed up asking questions about things that um, I don't even know about. Um. So, so I'm kind of my brain's kind of rejigging, and now I'm formulating new questions that I'm going to be asking you in our next series of interviews because I think that there's probably an enormous number of things that we can get to talk about. You've been listening to Hush Hush Podcast. I have been interviewing Mark Deviat, who owns Studio Kink in Sydney. We've been talking about BDSM, pain, pleasure, ball gags, and a few other really interesting things. If you're interested in getting involved or just going and learning a little bit, um, studiokink.com is the email address. I have intimate conversations about sex and we have some incredible stories, dominatrix, swingers, pain, pleasure. If you want to be interviewed, then um, contact us on hushhushpodcast.com.au or if you are interested in listening to more of our intimate conversations, then go to the website and download those. You've been listening to Natasha. We will be back with some more fantastic interviews. You've been listening to Hush Hush with Natasha. Do you love this? If you did, share with your friends. Everybody needs to be entertained, learn something new, and explore the world of sex. Hush Hush.